0: Welcome to Truth Pod, the podcast that proclaims the truth of God's word without shame or apprehension, where the Bible is the last word on any subject. I'm Russell, your host. I'm back on Truth Pod. In this podcast, I want to talk about what's important to believe in. I want to do a series of studies. Uh, first one will be about the Bible. Second will be about the church. Uh, third one about sin, the fourth one about the cure, uh, fifth one about a good conscience, and the sixth one will be about hard times. So I hope you'll tune in to those and download those podcasts, you know, and uh, listen to them and be ministered to. So I want to talk about what's important to believe in. You know, what what do we place our value, our trust in? So before I get started, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy today. Thank you for saving us. Uh, Thank you for your word, for loving us and giving us the Bible to read. We appreciate your goodness to us in giving us Jesus. Father, we give you praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. I think it matters what we believe in, what we place our values in, what we trust. As I was growing up, I'd see commercials on TV promoting uh one item or another you know the narrator would always tell us you can't live without this this is the best thing you know since whatever you know to come down the pipe um you've got to have this new this new item this new toy this new gadget this new cleaner i remember uh seeing commercials about clorox bleach nothing gets your clothes clean like clorox bleach and uh They pretty much swore by that product that it would remove any stain that you had. Now, they've got other commercials that promote the same thing, like OxyClean. I see that on TV, you know, and this guy, he's all hyper. Oh, yeah, this will take out anything. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. I remember a few years ago seeing a commercial about a spray that would stop leaks, okay, Uh, I had this problem in my basement, as some people in Wisconsin do have basements, occasionally when we get heavy downpours, there's leaks that come in through the wall, and I hate it, so I saw this commercial, and uh, it showed how this guy sprayed this, you know, the spray over this leak that was in this uh whatever boat or whatever he was showing a barrel or whatever he put a he drilled a hole in at the time and he sprayed the leak and it stopped the leak well you know i i went to the store i purchased that can and uh i brought it home and i thought you know i'm going to spray this and i'm going to put a bunch on it just to make sure i didn't miss any spots well i did that and i couldn't wait Till the next time that there was a big downpour. And so when it happened, I was excited. I ran to my basement. I went downstairs real quick. I looked over at uh, where the holes used to be. Uh, the only problem is they're still there. <laughs> I bought into it. You know, I, I, uh, I thought it would work. And I wanted to believe it because I wanted to stop the leak in my basement. I just saw the other day that they're now offering a paste that seals that up. I might have to try that. Anyway, there's not much that will stand the test of time, or eternity for that matter. Houses get old. You know, I see people who put up these fancy fences around their house, you know, these beautiful wooden fences, and they're so pretty, and they're so neat, and you know, you think, man, they must have a lot of money to invest in that. And then drive by it a little while later, maybe a few years later, and you see the paint starting to peel, or the rust is starting to show up on it, you know, or it's starting to decay or fall apart. And you realize that, you know, nothing in this life lasts forever. Nothing endures, you know. Houses get old, as I said. Money disappears, and quickly, I might add. Friends Leave. You know, you get a new friend, and then somewhere down the road, something happens. You drift apart. They're gone, you know. Nothing in this life lasts forever. But the Bible says this, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Isaiah 40 and 8. Wow, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Uh, it's been about in the writing, you know, for, I don't know, 1,500 years or whatever it was in writing. But, I mean, it's been, the Bible has been around for some 2,000 years in its completed form. And it's still here. And it's still dependable. Anyway, so where do we start? Okay, how about the Bible? Yes, that's where I'm going to start, as I told you at the beginning. We're going to do a study on the Bible. I believe this is absolutely the best book that has been or ever will be written, the Bible. I'll say that again. Uh, Forgive me for repeating myself. This is absolutely the best book that has been, or ever will be written. Why? Because it contains the mind of God. It contains his word. It is his word from Genesis 1, 1, Revelation chapter 22 okay and it is completed it's God's word to you and I and so I believe that's why it's the best book that will ever be written now we've had some phonies come along uh, one guy by the name of Joseph something had his own, you know, Bible. And, the, and some people out West follow that book. I, you know, someday I'll probably mention the name. Um, there are some others who have their own version of the, of their New Testament or their Bible. And uh, they witness about something, you know, you you know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to hint at it. Anyway, they have their versions. Let me say, don't believe them. Don't follow them. Don't go with them. The Bible is true. Stick with the Bible. Okay? In its contents, we find where all the ills of man began. Now, if you ask some historians in them, they can't tell you. I mean, you ask some of these liberals out here, they can't tell you where the ills of man began. I can tell you. I've read the book. It's in Genesis chapter 3 okay? Verses 1 through 19 tells you where it all began, right there, okay? Read that. Check that out. Within the wonderful pages of this book, we see a loving God who not only promises redemption, but delivers complete and full redemption through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wow! A loving God so if you're thinking today, God's out to get me, no, if God was out to get you, you'd be God, okay? I mean, he would have gotten you a long time ago. He's not out to get you. He loves you. If he's out to get you, he's out to get you to be a part of his family, all right, and and to be with him because he loves you so much, and he promised full redemption, okay, in the Bible, and he has delivered through the Lord Jesus Christ, It also has the undeniable truth about the origins of man. Spoiler alert. Cover the ears of all the progressives and liberals, liberal thinkers out there. We did not come from monkeys. No. Your uncle was not a monkey. Okay. I mean, it's just your great grand, great, 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 great grandpa was not a monkey. We are not descendant from monkeys we are descendant from adam and eve all right i think it takes more faith to believe that man came from monkeys or some microbial organisms that crawled out of primordial soup than to believe god's holy word i believe that i believe it takes more faith to believe that junk to believe darwin to believe the big bang explosion and everything just all throughout you know uh, everything was just thrown out there in space and it all you know started and man sprang up from whatever wow that takes a lot of faith i don't have that much faith i don't okay i believe what god's word says i believe that god uh, the bible says that God made man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. I believe that. I hope you do too. Listen to what the Bible says in Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Then, you know, then it goes on to say that God made man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Wow. Wow. God's amazing. Well, of course, he's God. I mean, think about it. He made the planets. He made the stars. He made the whole universe. Okay? Why would it be so impossible to think that he could take dust and make a living being from it? It's not impossible. It's God. All right. That's all I got to say about that for now. I'll come back to that another day. The first... Murder is recorded in Genesis 4 and 8. It says, Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother, Abel, and killed him. First murder recorded in Scripture. The Bible talks about a worldwide flood that wiped out everything except for eight people and a boatload of animals. Now, some people have problems believing that such a thing could happen. Check out Ken Ham Ministries sometime. He'll explain it to you. I can't. I'm not that smart. But check out Ken Ham Ministries and uh, listen to what he has to say about it. He's, you know, he's got some good stuff to say that. Visit uh, Noah's Ark down in Kentucky. Check that out. I mean, that thing is made to scale and it's really cool. So, you know, check it out. The Worldwide Flood. All right. Did you know the Bible tells us how we got our different languages? Wow, I mean, uh, one time they're all speaking the same languages, and then all of a sudden there's different languages, but it tells how it happened. In Genesis uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, read that. It also tells us how we got our different continents of our world. You ever look at the, a globe and notice how they look like the whole thing could fit together? That I mean, if you took it and moved those continents together, They would all just kind of go in place. Well, it says here in Genesis 10, 25, to Eber was born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, For in his days, the earth was divided. Now, I didn't say man was divided. The earth was divided. The continents were separated. And that's just in the first 11 chapters of Genesis that talks about all of that stuff, the origins of man the beginning of man where we all came from you know it's an amazing book i tell you listen to what the father of our country said about the bible talking about george washington it is impossible to rightly govern the world without god and the bible that's in haley's bible handbook 18 i think he did all right by us don't you i think george washington did all right by us listen what abraham lincoln said I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. Wow. Wow. Thank God for people like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. The Bible is made up of Old and New Testaments. The Old Testament containing 39 books and the New Testament, 27. God's word was written by about 40 men. Over a period of 1,500 years, from the time of Moses until John the Apostle wrote the book of Revelation, God's word is complete. Listen to that. It was written by about 40 different men over a period of 1,500 years, and yet it harmonizes all the way through. Its central theme is Jesus. Jesus is its central theme. I know, I'm repeating myself because it's so good. Jesus is its central theme, the Bible, okay? Forty men, they weren't together. They were over different periods in history, you know, separated over 1,500 years writing. It's amazing that this book can be so, so in such harmony and, and in such a complete fashion. I mean, wow, I'm amazed by it. It's God's word. Such high praise, don't you think? Just one question. You know, if it's all all these things that uh, Abraham Lincoln and George Washington said and the other thing I quoted about all the books being written and stuff, just one question. Why aren't more people reading it? Why aren't more people reading it? Hmm. Where is your Bible? In 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 8, it says, Hilkiah finds the book of the law. The high priest said to Shapen the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Now, to do a little backstory, and you'll have to check this whole chapter out sometime in 2 Kings 22, the temple was in ruins because the people had forsaken God. They had started worshiping idols. They had left God out of the picture. They no longer worshiped God. They didn't have time for him. Okay. And so there was a, a young king who came into power named Josiah. And uh, he loved God. He wanted to serve God. And he wanted to turn the hearts of the people back to God. So the first thing he did was have Hilkiah and his men to start reto- restoring the temple of God, place of worship. As Hilkiah. The priest and his men were working in the temple, they found the book of the law. Well, they took the book of the law and they read it to Josiah the king. When they read it to Josiah the king, it talked about all the curses which were going to come down upon Israel because they forsook the law, the law and the Lord. They forsook him. When Josiah had heard all the curses coming down that God was going to bring the judgment upon him, he tore his clothing in humility. He fell before God. He repented, you know, for the nation. And God heard his prayer, and it brought revival to that nation. Amazing, huh? So again, that question, where is your Bible? Is it collecting dust somewhere in a corner? Is it lost somewhere in a drawer? You know, I one of the things I really love about technology today is that everyone can have a Bible on them, on their phone. You always have your phone with you, and so you would always be carrying the Bible with you on your phone. I always use the tablet version of the Bible, the olive tree version, I like that, uh, olive tree app, rather, um, because it has different versions of the Bible I can easily access. And The main reason I like it is because I can enlarge the print. Okay, there you have it. I don't have to wear glasses to read the Bible. But I love it. It has all all kinds of different uh, collections of books and that that I can also use as references and studies. It helps, you know. So, where is your Bible? Paul said, referring to God's Word, in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth, King James Version. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Study. Study what? Study the Bible. You want to know God? Study the Bible. It'll tell you everything you need to know about God. You don't have to look at the Quran. You don't have to look at any other books. Okay? You don't have to compare them. You don't have to do any of this. It's not necessary when you got the right book, the Bible. Okay, I know I sound biased. It's because I am. I am. Why why should I promote any other book when the Bible has been the answer for my life and I've seen it change other people's lives as well? Okay. Anyway, within this book is everything you need to know about God, who he is, what he is like, why he made man, and what his plans are for the future of planet Earth. It's all in there. It's all written there. I mean, if you want to know what's going on in the world, read the Bible. It'll tell you. Forget Myers-Briggs. You know, you got these people who take these Myers-Briggs tests, you know, because they want to see what type of personality they are and such. Read the Bible. You'll find out why you are the way you are. And it offers solutions to just about every problem you may have. The Bible is accurate accurate historically Geographically, scientifically, men have sworn to destroy it and wipe it from the face of the earth, and yet it is still here. Listen to what Voltaire said over 100 years ago. He said this, 100 years from from my day, there will not be a Bible on the earth, except one is looked upon by an antiquarian curiosity seeker. As the story claims, within 50 years after his death, in an ironic twist of Providence, the very house in which he once lived and wrote was used by the Evangelist, Evangelical Society of Geneva as a storehouse for Bibles and Gospel tracts. God has a sense of humor, folks. <laughs> Amazing. Someone once said, This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. How true! How true. Sometimes people won't pick up the Bible because they're involved in sin and they know what the Bible says about it and they can't pick it up. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock, his word. David said, How can a young man keep his way pure? by guarding it according to your word. And again, he said, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Wow. The word helps us, keeps us pure, helps us to stay pure, and it also helps us and keeps us from sinning against God. Do you want to know how to find peace? I mean, real peace that costs you absolutely nothing but last longer than the best drugs out there with no side effect. It's in the pages of this amazing book called The Bible. Peace, my friends, peace. Are you tired of being depressed all the time? Where is the joy? Why am I not happy? How come there's no excitement in my life? Let me tell you, there's joy offered in this book, and it's yours to claim. What an amazing book, having so much to offer the reader. Do yourself a favor, open its pages to find out what God wants to say to you. It might be old, some say it's outdated and archaic, but if you will believe what is written on its pages, it will change your life. In closing, let me tell you a story. When I was in elementary school, we went on a field trip to Mammoth Cave National Park. This is the longest cave in the world. We went into the deepest cave, and I think it was about 250 feet down. Okay, And as we all stood around in that cave, in that opening in the cave, when we all went into it, our guide had them to turn out all the lights. When they did, it was totally dark. You could not see your hand in front of your face. I mean, you could put it right up against your eyes. You could not see it. That's how dark it was. After a few minutes of that darkness, the guide took a match and lit it. When he lit the match, it lit up the whole room we were standing in. It was amazing. Just a little bit of light lit up all that darkness. So the purpose of this story is to say If your life is full of darkness and you can't see any way out, you can access a light that will show you the way out. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word, the Bible. Take it. Open it up. Read its pages. As I encourage people, start with the book of John if you haven't read the Bible before. Start with the book of John. It's a great place to start. Then go into the book of Acts. You know, it's great. When you look at this Bible, when you begin to read it, you will see a story that God has to speak to your heart. He wants to speak the story of redemption and love and mercy to you. He wants to show you how a Savior came from heaven and died on Calvary's cross, was buried and rose again the third day. He wants to show you that story to let you know there is hope for your life. Your life is not over, my friend. This is not the end. Okay, if you're still breathing, you still have time. Make that choice. Open up the Bible. Ask Jesus into your heart and life. I thank you for taking out this time to listen to this podcast today. I hope that it has been a blessing to you minister to you. Um, keep me in prayer. And um, if you have any questions or comments, you know, send them to me at uh, truthpod at yahoo.com. I'd be happy to hear from you. And uh, I love you. May God richly bless you. Let me end this podcast by asking you this question. Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? If not, you can. He loves you and wants you to be a part of His family. The first thing for you to do is admit you're a sinner and you cannot save yourself. Second, believe that He died for you and ask Him to forgive your sins. Third, thank Him for saving you and commit to living the rest of your life for Him. If you have any questions or prayer requests, just email me at Truthpod at yahoo.com.